coming up on an exciting new episode of That Was a Show. The crew was a show. Before he found success with Desperate Housewives, Mark Cherry co-created this workplace slash hangout slash rom-com sitcom about hot young flight attendants based in Miami. It was a sufficiently horny romp for the 90s Fox lineup, but didn't quite land the same pop culture impact as Friends or Living Single. Bryn, Aaron, and Barry book a flight on this fictional airline to discuss the many love triangles and polo shirts in primary colors in this forgotten sitcom. There's also a tangent about tennis bracelets and a couple of cat cameos. Buckle in and prepare for takeoff. <laughs> we grew up during peak sitcom, Seinfeld, Friends, The Fresh Prince, but those shows were diamonds in the rough. This podcast is not about those diamonds. It's about the rough. Some sitcoms were briefly popular in their time. Some were canceled almost immediately. You probably won't recognize most of these, and you'll ask, that was a show? That was a show? The podcast about failed or forgotten sitcoms from the 80s and 90s, starring... Bryn Burney, Aaron Yeager, and Andrew Helmer as Barry. A Radio Gizmo production. <laughs> I would love a sparkling water sponsor. That's yeah. that's. That's, that's the goal. That's, that's the absolute goal. Anybody who can like, like, just give us cases and cases of yeah. fancy. I'll tell you right now, sparkling water. My my sparkling water budget, like, yeah. is it's 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 way too high for for my income level. Yeah. yeah. Any business out there that turns a liquid fizzy, yeah. if you ship us cases of your product, yeah, we yeah. will promote it. No, um, no financial commitment required <laughs> other than just mountains of we free product. Want... Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, do you guys have a soda stream? We do. We do. And does the... it ever get used? Yes. I'm worried. Yeah. However, we struggle to make the effort to replace our tanks when they run uh, out. Sure. So we'll sure. go yeah. like months without having it because yeah. we just forget. So we'll go a month, a month using it every day, yeah. and yeah. then like two or three months not using it at all yeah. because we just haven't. We haven't refilled it. To so refill yeah. it. would you say one of those tanks lasts you about a month? No. Oh, hey, the microphones are on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Episode sixty. Episode sixty. Wow, it's crazy, guys. Congrats to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, We're amazing. What's, what's the 60th anniversary? Is that like uh, canned canned fish? Is that what you're supposed to give for, uh, <laughs> as a gift? I don't know. Or carbonated beverages. Oh, you, know what's, you know what's so sad is like, you know, millennials are getting married so late in life that they'll never experience a 60th wedding anniversary. Uh Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was already a pretty tough one hit. I know, you know, I know. For a lot, for a lot of I folks. I feel like my grandparents, well, my grandparents almost made it to 50. And yeah. then my grandpa died. But yeah, like I feel like Back in the day when people got married at age 20. You know? Do you want to know what the um, the traditional gift for 60th anniversary is? What is, is it? What is it? Both, Please. Both traditional and modern. The gift for the 60th anniversary is diamond. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck off to beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then I was like, but what if you actually go longer than 60? 65 <sighs> is blue sapphire. 70th yeah. is platinum. Yeah. And it goes what? up from there. So wait, okay, so the what only people- What 80-year-old really is is desiring yeah, diamonds in their life? <laughs> but you, I mean, like- Oh, you know what the highest yeah. is? The highest in the traditional list is 80th anniversary, which there cannot be many of those. But it's funny because just to, to backtrack, you know, you're going like, I'm just going to list them quickly. Silver, pearl, coral, ruby, sapphire, things like that, right? 70th yeah. platinum, 80th oak. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's, so, uh, it, it's an sturdy. 80th, it's very uh, sturdy. So an 80th is possible if you are, if you yeah, get yeah. married at like age 20 and yeah. you 
Yeah, and and you and you live both live to a hundred to a hundred. You know exactly. Yeah, so, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, a hundred years possible. ago, you might have you you, you could have even gotten in a few years before twenty and gotten yeah. away with it. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, so there you go, everybody. <laughs> okay, there you this go, everybody like out really there. Really important uh, stuff for us to yeah. discuss. So, anybody out there in the audience celebrating their own 60th anniversary, please. Cheers hit to us you. Up. Cheers yeah, to cheers. you. No one who and, is in that milestone is listening to no, this. But and probably if not. you are, if you are, find a better way to celebrate because yeah. it's yeah. a very impressive life. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, if anyone out there wants to send us diamonds as a yeah. congratulations for our 60th. Uh, that would be acceptable. Yeah, I'd take the diamonds, but not blood diamonds. You know, make sure they're very ethical diamonds. Ethical diamonds. Hey, the lab created ones—they're just as nice. Yeah, hell, we'll even accept lab created. Yeah, but but there are three of us, so you yeah. would need to triple up on any gift, just to be That's, clear. Yeah. That, so that, each of us that. needs a diamond. I'm thinking those tennis bracelets that in the sitcoms, you know, the husband would yeah. get the wife yes! a diamond tennis bracelet. Yes. What was with the tennis bracelet? You can't. Th- th- this is the thing. You can't wear them anywhere. No. You know what I mean? How they're many way balls too fancy. are you going to? Yeah, they're way too fancy. <laughs> they're way too like you know. It's just it's impractical. And, we'll, and I think Jim got one for Pam on the office. I was like, really? Pam Beasley is gonna be illu- wearing a yeah, fucking illuminate tennis me here. bracelet. What? What is a tennis bracelet? It's, I mean, I know the trope, but what is it? I don't know why it's it? called that, but it's like basically one of those bracelets where it's like a string of gems. Like okay. it's like it's like a fancy fancy bracelet. Yeah, so I'm it's now like, um, I'm looking this up according to Tiffany's website. <laughs> okay. Uh, an iconic design that was originally sported by players on the court. The tennis bracelet has become an elegant style staple. So apparently I can't even tennis afford players a watch. would wear these while playing tennis. Why? How does that work? Show them off at the country club. I guess. But it's like, yeah, it's like something where there's like multiple It's gems all the way around. It's set around a, like a bracelet. Like yeah. it's it's fancy. It's like very, you know, I think I had a very fake like crystal one when I was like a kid that I wore to a wedding once or something. Yeah. <laughs> I well, might still have it, but the... it's like looks very fake. It's like not nice. So that's the thing. It's like it's only <laughs> worth having if it's like real and you would never want to wear it. No. Well, the you cheapest know? uh the cheapest traditional tennis bracelet design yeah. with diamonds on Tiffany's yeah. website. This is Canadian dollars. Yeah. Is twenty eight thousand oh four hundred dollars. Yeah. So Jim Jim Halpert just just uh yeah. popped out there. I mean he well, you was probably didn't buy it from Tiffany. It was he probably was often some, top salesman, I guess. So. Yeah, it was some, some like, you know, Pittsburgh or frickin' Scranton yeah. like jeweler that was like off brand, you know, it wasn't Tiffany. Yeah. Plus, let's be honest, cost of living there was pretty low. They could buy all kinds of tennis bracelets because their mortgage payments were nothing. I like to assume Dwight had a guy. Yeah, Dwight could surely have a guy. And like when, you know, when when the when the light hit it just right, you can see that it was just beets (laughs) had been had been coated in a hard resin. Yeah. 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 Welcome to that was a show, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I suppose without further ado, we should yeah. get into today's that quite episode. Enough, that was quite enough ado. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of ado. Much ado. Yeah. Uh, much ado about nothing. Yeah. Uh, the crew. The crew. Let's talk the about crew. it. Uh, I'm going to just start with a disambiguation, which is the term used on Wikipedia, because uh, if you search the crew... The most likely thing to come up is going to be the 2021 series starring Kevin James, uh, where he plays a NASCAR crew chief. I assure you, that is not the show that we are reviewing. We are not reviewing, again, to be clear, we are not reviewing the Kevin James-helmed, NASCAR-themed 2021 modern show, okay? So that's, that's not what we're talking about we're talking about a show from 1995 so the crew ran on fox from august 31st 1995 
to June 30th, 1996, lasting one season with a total of 21 episodes. It's about flight attendants working for the fictional Regency Airlines with their hub based in Miami, Florida. Jess, played by Rose Jackson, and Maggie, played by Kristen Bauer, are both flight attendants and also roommates. Paul, who is played by David Burke, and Randy, by Charles Esten, are also flight attendants and close friends. Their supervisor is Lenora, played by Christine Estabrook. Also in the mix is Mac, played by Dondre Whitfield, who runs the little bar-slash-restaurant called Mambo Mambo, where everyone hangs out, and Captain Rex Parker, played by Lane Davies. Right from the get-go, there are intense will-they-or-won't-they's between Jess and Mac, and between Lenora and Captain Parker. The series has four creators. There's Mark Cherry, who's best known as the creator of Desperate Housewives, and got his start writing and producing for the Golden Girls. There's John Party and Joey Murphy, also best known for Desperate Housewives, and Jamie Wooten, who I couldn't find any information about, but perhaps also worked on Desperate Housewives. <sighs> there isn't that much more to say, other than this was a workplace comedy set in a pretty novel location with a fair bit of romance. So there you have it. I'm going to go straight into a description of the pilot slash first episode, which we reviewed. It is called The New Pilot, Literally. <laughs> because it's a pilot for the show, and in the episode, the airline gets a new pilot. So I guess that's kind of a clever title. <laughs> okay, so we open on the most mid-90s title sequence we have seen so far to date. Yeah, it's like aggressively Aggressively. 90s. The yeah. music, camera angles, color tinting, font choices... All of it seems to be just absolutely begging young people at the time to watch the show. Yeah. Like, are you wearing jeans and riding a skateboard? Please watch this show. <laughs> We're young and hip and relevant. Please. We're begging yeah. you to watch this show. It's like a Dr. Pepper commercial. Yes. We meet a bunch of flight attendants and their supervisor in some sort of office room at the airport. Smarmy banter is exchanged. Everyone is young and hot. The episode has a few connected plot lines. After a brief opening joke scene set inside an airplane, we spend the rest of the episode in the airport, bar, and Jess and Maggie's apartment. Jess is newly single, and Mac asks her out. Apparently, they've had some ongoing flirtation for a long time, but she's reluctant and would rather remain friends. Maggie tries to convince Jess to go out with Mac, and eventually intervenes to set them up on a date, which pisses Jess right off. Captain Rex Parker joins the airline, he is a classically handsome pilot type. Paul assesses his sexual orientation and determines that Rex is most likely straight, thus Lenora is immediately smitten with him. <laughs> and that's it for the pilot. Okay. I will say, look, it gave me Friends vibes. Like, it's definitely, like, meant to appeal to young people. It's got that whole thing of it's, it's soapy, but it's a sitcom at the same time. Like, I kind of get the appeal of the characters and the the actors were all great. Like, it was like a great cast. Like, I was kind of invested in their relationships, but I just found that the comedy, like, of the show wasn't quite there. Like, it, there were some funny bits, but it was like a little bit, like, it was like a, yeah. just like a little bit flat. Mind you, if it had the chance to build, it might have gotten to the level that, like, Something like Friends could have reached. Maybe. But. Yeah, I would. I, I kind of liked the cast. Uh, it was actually a pretty diverse cast for the time, which is not a high bar in 1995, yeah, but yeah. pretty good for the time. Um, and uh, yeah, the setting is kind of interesting. I found some lines funny, but they were funny in kind of a predictable way. Yeah. So like. Maybe, though, if I'm like really trying to put myself in the headspace of 1995 at the time, I probably would have found it funnier than I do now. So I do think that this show is pretty dated, but maybe like at the time it was like pretty OK. It's it's you got your typical Fox edginess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's chock full of Fox edginess. Um, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Like it. It really reminds me of a very certain era of television, uh, just a, that was that would carry basically throughout the the latter half of the nineties. Yeah, 
and Fox was pretty dominant in that area where it was just everything was just slightly edgier than yeah. what was going on on, say, over on NBC. Right. Or way edgier than anything that was going on at, on CBS. Yeah. Yeah. It um, it's so funny because I'm watching it and I was like, oh, this is a really novel uh, premise. Uh, it's very interesting. And then I was like, oh, right. Wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's just a different aspect yeah, of like ju- yeah. the airline environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just like it has so little interest in being about that. Yeah, about being about like the air the airline itself, uh-huh. which is fine. I mean, you know, it's just a, an excuse to hang your 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 thing on, right? Yeah. But like, I felt like it was extra lazy in how little it seemed to really be interested in telling stories yeah. about that. Well, well it- yeah. Sorry, even their uniforms didn't look like flight attendant no. uniforms. No, Glad you brought that up. And they all <laughs> like, could you call it a uniform, or were they just like, yeah, wear whatever golf shirt you want? Yes, yeah, they all doesn't had, like, matter the color. Yes, they all had. It sort of seemed like a, a set color palette of primary colors of yeah. like golf shirts. But with shorts. Well, these weird and half. Skirts. It was like a half apron, half shorts or skirt. Yeah, that it was seemed, so weird. It seemed more like something. Like they worked at a sports bar or something. Just, I was literally not, just yeah. going to say. Airline. They were very, yeah. they had a restaurant and bar type of uniform yeah. vibe. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly khaki, right. Khaki shorts. Yeah. And yeah, like just every single one of them wore like a different color. Shirt, yeah, which was yeah. like I was like I don't know, like is there some fun, kind of like Star Trek thing going on? Am I supposed to figure out like everybody, everybody's <laughs> ranking? Rank. Yeah. yeah, no, that's so funny. Yeah, that's, uh, so that's true. funny. Uh, I as yeah. far as the humor goes, like I feel like it's a rare, it's a rare bit for me where like I found some of the, especially some of the the uh, the gay jokes uh, to be really, really tone deaf and like oh, yeah. even even more so than i was expecting yeah. most of them come from w- the one character their supervisor yeah. uh lenora oh, yeah. she was super homophobic like she was like, like there crazy rough, homophobic rough jokes and um, you know and I, she's a foil to them but yeah. also the show is on her side that's the problem so it, yeah that's it, the problem yeah, it was a lot of jokes where the punchline was she was commenting on how something's illegal yeah, like yeah. some sort of you know, like essentially behavior. being uh, essentially implying that being gay or some aspect yeah. of 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 that would be illegal in in certain number yeah. of states. The thing was that to me, it's like the character Paul, who is openly gay, and there's an there actually was to me it was a kind of nice scene when he tells a brief story to his friends. Yeah, about coming out or his dad finding out that he was gay and his dad reacting very poorly, but it was actually like played as an interesting moment between friends. Like there was Mm -hmm. a a level of sincerity to that scene. So it's kind of like on the one hand, the Paul character seems like a decent component to the show. And then on the other hand, the Lenora character, it's like, okay, if their point was the joke is that in, in the world, there are people that are that homophobic. Fine. But they have to be a true villain character. Yeah. yeah. And that's not how they played her. And it's it wasn't no, done well. And it, I think it's just more like just almost a, a sad, yeah. sad mirror to 1995. I guess where you were so, just yeah. like there were just like yep. you just had to casually put up with that shit uh from right. from bigots. Yeah. Where like, you know, not that you don't to an extent now, but like I, I don't know. It's just so weird to see a character like that on TV. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like if the point of her character was to be a bigot type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did not land that plane to use a direct metaphor. Well, <laughs> like they did not think that through. No. Because yeah. if the no, point they, no, they was that. It was just laid on very yeah. thick. Everything- laid on thick. And, and then since we watched the first episode and the last yeah. episode, I, re- <laughs> just, I remember just distinctly being like, holy shit, she's still doing this shit 21 episodes later? Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Like, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, like, I feel like for the 90s, maybe it was like 
you know, maybe it was kind of like groundbreaking to even talk about these things openly and not have it, you know, like in terms of the God, that's Paul so sad and so true. Himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Like it must have been. It must have yeah. been because Yeah. You know, it's it was almost like a weird like the way things were presented in the scene, it was almost like gay people 101. Like it was like like yeah. the way he was like yeah. talking about his life with his friends and it's like yeah we know you know like we had a we, gaydar we, joke we yeah, had yeah uh, like it was like we now, you know it it, is, so it was very jarring to to see that but it, yeah it is worth noting that mark cherry the main creator of yeah. the show so it's yes. coming it's, so it's coming yes, from his yes. experience and, yes, but yeah. probably the network was like you're going to have to explain yeah. all of this to the straight people <laughs> you know that yeah. was something that that is something that occurred to me uh, yeah. like midway through as I was like oh, I think Mark Cherry was gay actually yeah. yeah so the the only reason why when I was watching it cuz I had done that research early on yeah uh cuz I read um this one thing on his like wikipedia where it says Mark, but here's the interesting thing, and here's why it makes sense that he would have been developing shows at Fox. Mark Cherry was described in Newsweek in 2007 as a somewhat conservative gay Republican. What? But, but Fox, okay. Is, but okay, but Fox, the TV network, isn't. I, I know, but isn't I'm, conservative. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, like when you look at the way that yeah. the characters were filtered through whatever network machinations yielded this yeah you know and and apparently he renounced that political allegiance the moment mr orange jumpsuit ran for president okay but until you know the mid 2010s he was yeah. a republican so Whoa. anyway that's a little that's context wild. there but um back to yeah, the that, that 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 does track with what i remember about desperate housewives <laughs> true yeah. true that show had a lot of weird republican yeah. vibes yeah. to it yeah. 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 Anyway. So anyway, back to uh, our the picking up, picking apart the uh, the episode. Um, yeah, you know how I usually complain that sit when sitcoms make reference to some sort of location or environment, but mm -hmm. never bother to go there or spend the money yeah. to actually show it. But yeah. in this case, they open on an airplane. They've got the airplane set. Yeah. And I was very disappointed they didn't return to it. Well, yeah. I would assume that, and good for them for doing it, them having a show, being flight attendants, thank God you at least know that they built an airplane set yeah. so yeah. they could have some exactly. scene set well, they in an airplane. Didn't, they probably didn't build it. It was probably one that the studio a owned. A standing like set. A standing, yeah. Uh, like that well, used I mean, my point is, like, if the show, the, it was probably their, it was probably their standing set, right? Because they probably have. were, they probably used it every week. Yeah, and it sure. was And it was a, a fairly okay airplane yeah. set yeah and i'm I've sure they've seen worse and i've seen better and i'm sure they returned to it in most episodes but yeah. i kind of like wanted it to be one of the main sets of the episode like it's kind of like out of 22 minutes i wanted it to get more than 45 seconds of screen time yeah like i kind of it, wanted it to be like the main thing yeah it's interesting because a lot of this plot you know uh, an interesting way to do this would have had this had if you, I mean, doing every episode would be hard like this, but doing one as a bottle episode and the pilot would be great. If you, if we got introduced through all this, all these characters and all these things in a bottle episode yeah. set during one flight. Yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. And where you we meet... got to see their relationships with each other and we got to see, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe Lenora yeah. has to be there for some reason. You meet Captain Rex because he's piloting that he's... flight. And maybe Lenora, like Lenora, kind of goes on the flight just to for as an excuse to be around him. Like they could yeah, have done there you it. Go. Yeah, there you go. She, and she, you, you wrote, know, there's you your joke. She, yeah, yeah. She but says they, like, oh, "Oh, it's customary for yeah. for like me to go on your you know inaugural on your first flight." Inaugural, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then someone else who was scheduled to be on the flight, she bumps them. And yeah. then if you really wanted a B story that set off the plane. You could choose yeah. one character who got bumped from the flight for her to take yeah. their place. Sure, we got to figure out. We got to figure yeah. out what Max up to. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. He got to bring Mac yeah. into the mix. So, so the other character who got gets bumped from the flight is hanging out at the bar the whole episode. Yeah, talking to talking to Which Max. Which I love about. I love that. So 
we spent so much time in these two episodes in this bar <laughs> Uh, yeah. restaurant Mambo Mambo, which, yeah. come on, guys. Uh, where was it? Like, was this uh, close to the airport? Why was, why, why? Right. Normally, so, I yeah, don't care I don't why. Normally, I don't care why. I know, but you wanted is to a know. central hangout. But in this case, I'm like, you guys all hang out I know. there. As, yeah. as I was writing the description, I was trying to figure out, is this bar in the airport or near the airport or just in Miami? And I couldn't. Yeah. Figure it out. There was no yeah. clear, distinctive sign as to where. Yeah. Which would have been useful context. It would have made more sense if it was an airport bar. Yeah. yeah. And like you knew it was an airport bar and the way maybe you know they were, it. Maybe, maybe we were really trying to get away from wings. Yeah. I, feel I, like know. Just... I feel like Miami was like a popular setting back in the 90s. Maybe. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I don't know why I know that you're right. But yes. Well, the Golden feels... Girls is set in Miami. Sure, um, sure. There, I feel like there's other ones, but I just feel, I feel like, like people talked about Miami now. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wasn't Bad Boys? Wasn't Bad Boys in Miami? I Maybe don't know. The, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I've never seen Bad Boys. Oh, no, no. Nope. I don't know why I felt like we saw Bad Boys two together. Oh, maybe we did. Which, if it makes you feel better, I haven't seen the first Bad Boys, and I hadn't then either, and I won't, and I still haven't. So I <laughs> feel like that might have been one of those. Nights. We just saw. We just saw everything. Fox shows are so horny. Yeah, they yeah. are. Everyone's. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a lot horny. of hooting and hollering going on in this, and this seemed yeah. like the prime time of, you know, like. Fox's audiences, I would say Married with Children was probably the most well known, but the Fox's yeah. audiences were very well known for the whoop whoop and yeah, all the, yeah. you know, a lot of hooting and hollering going on on Martin. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know why, but I watched a whole bunch of Martin in the mm -hmm. 90s. Yeah. Um, and The Simpsons loved to make fun of the, the Fox audiences. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll say that I liked Maggie and Jess's dynamic. They were kind of a weird, an odd pairing of friends. Like, they were sort of supportive of each other, but they seemed to get annoyed with each other really easily. Realistically like, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, realistically so. Yeah, I liked them as a pairing, and overall... I um, liked uh, Randy and... They were a good pairing, too. God, what... Who's Randy Dave and Burke's Paul. Character? Randy and Paul. Yeah. I yeah. like... I, I really liked the pairing of this kind of macho uh, womanizer type character yeah. with with uh kind of the the funnier shy uh, gay character and I really liked that they had like just they were best friends yeah. and had a great relationship. Because I you, liked I liked that cuz it's not yeah. That was progressive for the 90s. Yeah. Agreed. Very yeah, like cuz uh, yeah. you wouldn't really show a straight guy and a gay guy being best friends like on no. screen even though that is you know even back in the 90s that would have been a reality like lots of people are like friends with you know you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah each yeah. other so, but it, it's it, yeah it was i thought it was cool to show that they had this close relationship and that you know, yeah. Randy wasn't like homophobic or threatened, you know, at well, all. Yeah, it, was yeah. like even, even though, it was not a thing between them. Even though he was which like is uber what made the Lenora, yeah, yeah, which is what, what made the Lenora stuff really stand out for me. Because yeah. I was like, on one hand, this show is very showing a very accepting group of characters. And on the other hand, they just have this 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 asshole who just keeps saying horrible shit to this one yeah. character yeah. and nobody says anything to her. They probably had a note like you know, yeah. somebody Better. has to be homophobic. Like somebody yeah. has to. So they were like, okay, let's make the boss homophobic. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I think the idea with her is karma gets her every time. Like she's an asshole and she sort of like gets her comeuppance. And I guess in the sec we'll get to the finale at some point. But I think she yeah. gets her comeuppance in the in in the finale in a very confusing way. <laughs> the yeah, we'll get to the finale are, in a are minute. You, it's are, are you referring to like the the closing credits for the finale? Well, that yeah, but that's it. I have yeah. a lot of questions it's about a lot that of, finale. It's a weird. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it. Let's Let, get in there. Let's get into it. Let's get in there. Let's launch into it. Okay. Um. So I'm just gonna say off the top, I did not enjoy writing the description for this episode. Okay. 
Uh, oh, just feel feel your way through it, Because it's, on the one hand, very complicated, and there's a lot going on. Yeah. And on the other hand, pretty boring. So... <laughs> <laughs> there were so many love triangles. So there was many. All the love triangles so possible. So anyway, many, Aaron, so, so you explain. Many. I had to Dramatic watch, cliffhangers. I know. Yeah. I had to watch that this... That never get resolved. I had to watch this episode <laughs> twice just to make some sense of it. Um, yeah. So... The finale is titled The Man We Love, and I think I should also point out that this is the season finale. I'm not sure they knew the series was ending at the time that they made this episode. No, no Um, no way in hell. They tacked that thing on the end. Yeah, we'll get get to that. (laughs) They tacked the thing on the end that suggests that it might have been a last minute pivot when they found out they got canceled. But anyway, we'll get to that later. So it begins with previously on the crew. So obviously it's a continuation of some plots that happened that Mm. we did not watch that came in the previous episode. And we learn that Jess's ex, Darnell, suddenly re-entered her life. But we also learn that she's been dating Mac and they're a couple. Mac witnesses Darnell kissing Jess. And even though she's not necessarily into it, he doesn't know that. Thus, jealousy ensues. Mm -hmm. Then we learn that Lenora has been dating Captain Rex and he proposed to her. And a tropical storm is about to hit Miami. And Maggie was seeing some guy named Ted, but he apparently turned out to be married. So now we're off to the races. The tropical storm hits. Lenora is in a very good mood, practically giddy, on account of the handsome pilot asking her to marry him. Mac disappears and Jess can't find him. Maggie and Randy have a moment and they almost kiss. They don't, but there's a romantic tension there. We then see each of them alone have a conversation with themselves, debating the merits of getting involved with each other romantically. Cut to Paul catching them in bed together. Jess finds Mac and he explains what he saw. She tries to convince him it meant nothing, but apparently there's more to it. They've been dating 10 months and she's been afraid to commit to a serious relationship and he's reaching a breaking point. So by this point, at the end of the season, it's less a workplace comedy and more a romantic comedy verging on total soap opera. Just as Maggie and Randy solidify their intense feelings for each other, Ted leaves a phone message, and apparently he left his wife for her. Uh Uh-oh. And then, Lenore and Captain Rex are at the hospital visiting her mother. (laughs) This is wild. And then Rex spots a woman there who is apparently his wife, who he thought was dead but might be alive, and Jess discovers a note from Mac that he's breaking up with her because he can't wait for her to figure out what she wants. So it is a very, very soap opera ending yes. indeed. This is like I, friends I, yeah. di- like dialed up to 11. It is, it is. Like the whole, like, oh, someone they thought was dead is alive. Yeah. That's such a like soap opera trope. That's a trope true soap opera trope. From like, you know, that yeah. era. It's like so weird. And like, I guess maybe they were like leaning into that. And like the note that is a 90s sitcom trope. We saw that in um like a few shows we've covered, but like the first one that comes to mind is um Davis Rules. Ugh. Like, you know, the there's like a Oh right, when they wrote her off between yes. episodes. Oh, right. And and Love and War. And, yes. So there's always like and a note war. where it's like, "Oh, I can't do this anymore." And they like leave town. And it's like, does that really happen? Like there's like some sort of romantic complication, so you just the solution is just to move away. Do you like, know how? Do you know how fucking hard it is to like move and I know, move your whole life? I know. And like, like they make it look owned, so easy. He owned that bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they make it look so easy on a sitcom yeah. on a '90s yeah. sitcom to just take off and like you know smoke bomb out of like your life when yeah. your relationship doesn't work out like it makes no sense yeah. so i'll say this one was at least intended as a cliffhanger where like i yeah. i feel like the mac character would be back in the next episode yeah whereas what we've usually seen is it's usually we usually see this play out in a way that where like an actor has been let go or has yeah. quit between seasons yeah and yeah. they've have to scramble to figure out a way to, you know, explain where that person went. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen, like, you could have just had a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, he was employed by yeah. by this production. He yeah. was still yeah. available yeah. to shoot I'm Leaving, you it's know? So yeah, weird. he was there for the episode. Like, he, yeah. you had him on, on 
on the soundstage yeah. lot. Yeah. Like, and then, yes. Yeah. So we, also, another great trope is uh, <laughs> uh, is exposition through voicemail tape. Uh, yes. Being overheard yes. by characters. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a huge trope. That was like, they loved that in the 90s. That was like a device. It's, it must be so weird for like younger kids to see stuff like right? this. And like, you know, because they, you know, you just have voicemail on your phone and B, nobody really leaves them anyway. But like, it was such a wild thing that like people would leave messages and it would just be it would playing be this out very personal. It would, be, yeah. it would just be yeah. playing out loud in the room. And like, yeah. this, is, this is how answering machines work. If somebody yeah. left a message, you could hear it. In the room. Yeah. But like, oof, how weird is that? And, yeah, and, and so weird. Seinfeld, of course, had many plots involving answering machines. And yeah. in the mid 90s, the answering machine with the tape there yeah. was obviously yeah. like legitimately a thing that everyone used. But yeah. like when Seinfeld did an answering machine plot, they went really absurd and so hard into it. Yeah. Like they just did crazy things that are not like realistic situations. <laughs> um, one of my notes, though, as long as we're talking about tropes, is what should we call the trope? Where people are all stuck inside somewhere because of a storm. Yeah, that is because a lot of shows that, did that, that happened too. Happened a lot. Like there were. Uh, I feel like is this like, pre El Nino? I yeah, feel like, like I feel like in the nineties. I don't know why I feel this way. Maybe I'm completely off base, but I feel like there were a lot of hurricanes in the nineties, uh, and so yes. they were trying to like it, naturally if they set a show in. A locale where there's hurricanes. They had to have a hurricane. Well, I think at there's still just as many, if not more, maybe, hurricanes. But I maybe think... it was just more of a novel thing then. Yeah, and, yeah and maybe. Less, maybe. Less of, less of a. Uh, and every this is destroy, with this is destroying yeah. communities yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah. So by the end of the season, all the characters have these intense romantic entanglements, except Paul. So yeah, I noticed that. While yeah. it was nice to have this openly gay character, and it seemed like it was leading to something good in the pilot, other than the Lenora thing, it it's disappointing that he seems he to be have that romantic starkly yeah. the only one who doesn't have a romantic plot mm-hmm. in this episode. And he's literally just there to be the shoulder for everyone else to cry on and the yeah. confidant. Yes, yes, and that is very like, true. You know, it's like oh, that sucks. Like we, you know. The whole like it would have been so much more satisfying if he had, mind you, they could have had a real, some sort yeah. of plot. We, we don't know plot. that he didn't I'm date sure, someone I'm in an episode. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Just they they, they got this there. Pivotal there's, episode we watched. I guess there's some interesting bits to the Paul character in that he does sort of go against the stereotypical sitcom uh, gay character in that he uh, he is not overly uh he's not overly promiscuous as 90s tv shows love to make their gay characters yeah um he was a very introspective and like he he makes remarks about not having a very uh he's 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 very shy and he doesn't seem to have a lot of connections with people yeah um which in a more serious show would be an interesting thing to to look at. But yeah, yeah. This, and, and you're his, like, I just want to see him have the same yeah. opportunities as everybody else. Yeah. So it's yeah. exactly. Weird, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His straight friend is the one who's super promiscuous and he's counseling the straight friend on like how to have more sort of successful, deeper romantic connections with people. And it's like, yeah. OK, I can see in isolation how that's an interesting flip on the stereotypes that were common at the time. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just watching this episode and seeing a season of a show ending where every single character has an intense romantic entanglement, except for him, except for Paul. Yeah. And where the show is not talking like, okay, obviously like a storm is coming, so there's no flights or whatever. But like in this episode, there's not there's nothing on the airplane. There's nothing about air travel. It's <laughs> yeah. Which, it's just a soap opera. It's just the in, romantic plots. There's with nothing the else going. Storm, I feel like there's some pretty good dramatic stuff you yeah. could mine from yeah. from an airline. Yeah. In a tropical storm, there are more interesting things to do. Yeah. Than- Many. 
many more interesting things to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what with if lots of flights have been canceled and you can't show anyone flying, why isn't the airport like packed full of people who are stuck there? Or like, yeah, there's a million things that you could have done. But at this point, it's not a workplace comedy. It's just a soap opera. Well, this at this point, it is. Bryn was very good in bringing up very early. It is very reminiscent of Friends in the way the thing is. But what Friends would realize is that all of the characters on Friends had dramatic storylines that would run throughout the the show. They didn't cram them all into one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right? Like if 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 there was if if Ross and Rachel were having a heavy episode. The rest of them weren't. Yeah. Yes. You know, there was a balance to it because it was still a comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How I Met Your Mother, I remember, you know, maybe a little bit more would have maybe two serious things going on, but there would still, still not be every single character going through dramatic things every second of it. And I always get so annoyed. I, I know this is so weird, but like. I, I just get annoyed with the audacity of a show that probably wasn't doing very well, uh, doing a whole bunch of like dramatic cliffhangers. Yeah. Because like, just, I get like, you know, acting like, you know, you're successful will breed success. But, you know, what if there, and actually there were fans of this show because, you know, when I looked it up online, I kept seeing like people like with the reviews of people who'd watched the show and they loved it. So I was like, you know, don't don't leave your audience yeah. hanging that so, hard when you're almost assuredly going to get canceled. So I have a theory here uh, that's just coming together in my head. So I'm just thinking out loud. But like, remember when we reviewed Sports Night and we were talking about how like it was a sitcom but there were a lot of non sitcom things happening in it, yeah. happening there. And, it, and the whole time we're thinking like Aaron Sorkin maybe wanted to do an hour long drama, but he was at a stage in his career where no one was going to give him that budget and sitcoms were getting greenlit left, right and center. Yeah. So he got a chance to do a sitcom, but he tried to kind of wedge some hour drama elements into yeah. a half hour comedy, like a square peg into a round hole. It feels like, Okay, knowing that Mark Cherry goes on to do Desperate Housewives, mm-hmm. which was hugely successful, and that that's yeah. the thing that he's known for, it feels like in this show, and maybe it wasn't just him, maybe there were other people involved in these decisions as well, but it feels like they were trying to squeeze more dramatic serialization into a comedy than was typical at the time. And most sitcoms like multi-cam sitcoms you'd expect yeah you don't expect like all these cliffhangers and multi-part plot lines you kind of expect to be able to jump especially in season one if you're a new audience like what if the first episode you watch is like in the middle middle of the season and Mm -hmm. then you have just like no idea what's going on like these shows were well yeah i i think I I I think less that they were interested in making a drama and more they were following a, a successful uh, a successful method that was happening at the time. Yeah. Right, Friends really did bring like and don't get me wrong, Cheers, Frasier, you know, Mash, all of these things really trafficked in adding dramatic elements into the into their shows. But Friends really really did hit it big by having these romantic storylines be what brought they people did, but back. not yet in 95 absolutely they did it, friends is right off to the races in the first season man yeah but in the first uh, season there's there's one oh sure sure they or won't so, they yeah sure i'm just saying is that like this is what they're doing they know that what gets people invested and coming back is this relationship thing they don't the crew doesn't realize that it doesn't need to be every character yeah. in every scene but, <laughs> right yeah. but it wasn't just that it was every character in this episode it's that there were scenes that were not comedic really like there were a few <sighs> oh, scenes plenty that, of those in friends though yeah but those are earned after 50 episodes of non-stop laughter like the, there was a lot of working up uh, to that no nah, man go back that's man. very the first generous se- saying the non-stop first se- the f- well the, pretty the first the first season of friends is uh is 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 full of full of it like really the first season of friends establishes that tone 
early on. I guess I just don't recall there being well maybe maybe i'm wrong about this but like i i think that the uh the ross and rachel uh the big scene i think that happens at the end of the first season like that big dramatic scene i'm pretty sure that was at a point where characters like the well the other characters in the cast at that point were still all super silly and none of them had the same sort of dramatic And like, you know, obviously this is going on too much of a detour, but once Friends became that show where everyone had those romantic things, like once Chandler and Monica got together, I was pretty much out. Yeah, but no one. Yeah, but no one else. No one. No one else was. I know. I'm just (laughs) saying that's that's what really brought the audiences back for me. I liked the first few seasons of Friends when there was one clear will they or won't they and the other four characters were just bonkers silly. And then when it shifted, it's kind of like I loved Frasier until Niles and Daphne hook up and I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Literally when that happened, I was like, no. <laughs> but that's the kind of serialization that was selling. Right. Like that's what made these things very highly rated sitcoms. Right. People (laughs) had to see what happened next. And you couldn't you couldn't wait for it to come back. You know, you you couldn't stream it. You couldn't binge it. You had to watch the next episode to find out what happened to these. Yeah. So basically, yeah, like they set up all of these cliffhangers, you know, all of these misadventures so that people have to watch next season. But then by the tag. Yeah, it there's this like kind of obnoxious like little tag that is like showing that maybe the series is over. Yeah, but so let me describe it. Let me describe. Yeah, please do because I found it very very tasteless. (laughs) Well, it's obviously tasteless, but let me describe it. So, as we noted before, is it Lenore or Lenora? Lenora. Now I'm forgetting. Lenora. Lenora. Lenora's mother is in the hospital. She's visiting her mother. Captain Rex is kind of there to like comfort her or be, you know, they're a couple at this point. And um, they play a gag like they kind of you never see the mother's face or whatever. I don't think it's kind of she's kind of like this off screen character there. But we glean that Lenora doesn't particularly like her mother. And there's jokes about putting her in a home and like not a good home, like the cheapest one they can find. Mm -hmm. And Rex is like, "Eh, let's put her. We'll put her in a great place. I've got money or whatever. I'm a pilot sort Mm -hmm. of energy. And she's like, I don't care. Let's find the cheapest place we can find. So we get this idea that there's this negative relationship between her and her mother. And there's a joke earlier in the episode where um, she's by her mother's bedside. And there's one of those like ECG monitors going beep, beep, beep. And then it kind of flatlines, but just for a couple seconds and then starts beep, beep, beeping again. And then there's a joke where she's like, mom, don't tease me like that. Yeah. Because the joke obviously is that like she doesn't care if her or she wants her mother to 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 just die or something like that. And her mother kind of knows that. So I guess that's the joke. And I don't know if the mother character was introduced in previous episodes and we're supposed to know that or find that funny or whatever. But anyway, that's the joke earlier in the episode. So at the end of the episode, after like the credits, yeah, there's a final tag where it's just a close up shot of the ECG monitor, no actors, no faces. And it's just beep, beep, beeping, and then flat lines. And then you hear a voice that I think you're supposed to presume is like a doctor yeah. off screen or something that says, and I wrote this down, um, looks like we lost another one. And then I took that to be a meta joke. Yeah. That like we, the, lost, uh, we lost the show. The show. Like the show's been the canceled. The show got canceled. We lost another one. Um, so- and because there's no people in that little tag and it's just the close up of that screen, which would have been like super and cheap and fast and easy to shoot. I took that to be like a last minute addition, almost yeah, like they yeah, had yeah, shot. Yeah. They wrote, shot, totally edited was. the whole episode. Then they find out like, 
three days before it airs that they've gotten canceled. Yeah. Or they're not getting renewed. Yeah. So they quickly smash together that little tag and put yeah. it on there as like some smarmy meta yeah. dig at getting I, canceled. I, so that's an interesting thing. I, 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 that, I didn't even remotely read that. Uh, so me, uh, that, uh, if they did, good for them. Um, I don't, I, I don't think they would have known they were canceled yet. Might shows have. shows don't get canned like that that soon after. I mean, sometimes they do, but it, I'd be it'd be interesting. I'm curious. Uh, I tried to Google it while you were talking, mm. and I couldn't find anything. So yeah, who cares? Who cares? This is <laughs> how I landed on it. I was like, yeah. ah, if they did, good for them for pulling a little like fuck you on them. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was just thought like it was just a tasteless like, and then the mom died, and we're all like, we all laughed. Okay, yeah. so um, I definitely took it to be that the show died, not the mom. Yeah. No, but, the mom. It was the mom dying. Well, I definitely had the same interpretation as Aaron. So okay, like great. The, it I was like it. a double thing. That's way it was less like, tasteless. It was the mom and yeah. that. I prefer your version better. Where, yeah. Where well, it was because I, I was like, that's a, that's a shitty thing to say. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, also, like, even if, let's put it this way, even if they assumed that the, certainly when they wrote this episode, I think they assumed that the show was going to continue. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of cliffhangers to end a, a first season of a sitcom on. Yeah. That it is, was. It's just a lot of plates spinning in the air. It just feels like a lot of, you know, that sort of circus performer thing, keeping yeah. the plates spinning, like a lot of plates spinning in the air. I don't know. Um, like it was it was already very serialized for a sitcom at the time, I think. And like it just felt like they were maybe going a little too far into that. I don't know. My biggest note, aside from the whole like, you know, the Lenora character is terrible. But my biggest other note is that it just feels like they're spending too much time in like offices and apartments and relationship stuff. Yeah. And like not nearly enough time with like airplane and workplace and job stuff. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be the innovative part of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. listeners, you can't see this, but. Yeah, there's, there's a cat on my there's, there's a cat in the there's mix. A cat. Our there's cat, a cat has also been sort of in the mix in the background being annoying, like like getting into trouble. But now Cordy, Barry's cat, was being very oh, cute. It's also worth mentioning that in the pilot, there's a reference to Jess and Maggie having a cat in their apartment, but we yeah. never get to see yeah, the cat. Yeah, we never get to see the cat. That's annoying. It's like, don't tease us with cat references and not show the cat. Yeah, I agree. Fail. Yeah. I agree. Fail. But on the other hand, I'm I'm happier that a cat didn't have to sit through this shit. <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> story. Cordy wasn't interested in watching it with me. Yeah, so. she was like, no. Yeah. No, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, so right. we've talked a lot about how this show seems to be borrowing romantic tropes from Friends. Yeah. Ren, why don't you tell us uh, how close this show is connected to Friends? Yeah, so I found a few connections. Um, well, you know what? The three that I noted, the three that I noted are uh, two degree connections. So there might be more, but this is all I was interested in doing. <laughs> So the first one is through uh, Rose Jackson, who played Jess. Uh, she guest starred on Married with Children. Matt LeBlanc had a recurring role on Married with Children as Vinny Verducci. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc played Joey Tribbiani on Friends. Nice. Uh, the next one is also through Married with Children. So Charles Esten, who played uh, Randy starred uh co-starred on married with children or guest starred rather on married with children matt leblanc as i said previously had a recurring <laughs> role on married with children as many verducci and then he went on to play joey tribbiani on friends uh the next one is through kristen bauer so kristen bauer who played maggie reynolds on the crew was in the film Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, ah. which starred Lisa Kudrow. Uh, Lisa Kudrow was Phoebe Buffay on Friends. Yes, she was. As everyone knows. Kristen Bauer von Stratton now for all those out yeah. there. I really want to watch Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. That really um, made me want to watch that. Also, for anyone listening who hasn't already heard our 
two back-to-back episodes about Vinnie Verducci, Matt LeBlanc-based Married with Children spinoff attempts. Now, that's how you use a cat in a sitcom. Is, yes. Is uh, yeah. Top Mr. of the Heap. F- Mr. Fluffy. Yeah, Top yeah. of the Heap features a great cat. And well, the other one was what, Vinnie and Bobby? Vinnie and Bobby. And, I don't uh, think the cat's in that no, one. He's on Top of the Heap but, and he's uh, like the star of the show. But Matt LeBlanc is great. Yeah. Those shows less great. Yeah. But listen to those episodes if you haven't already. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. They're both very fun episodes. One of them is better than the other. I'll leave us leave it up to you to decide yeah. which. Yeah. I feel like that could be I'm a just really, kidding. I don't I don't actually distinctly remember know, if one of them there, was better. <laughs> there could be a contentious debate out there. There could be some people who are on the in the top of the heap camp and some people who are in the Vinny and Bobby camp. You I know? seem to recall preferring Vinny and Bobby. Yeah. Like to to talk about or to watch to watch yeah i feel like <laughs> i liked top of the heap better because it was very zany and stupid like but it was more married with children it might have and, been and, more problematic cuz wasn't there a whole thing with the underage neighbor that you know i don't know there was like a whole I weird thing i don't remember thing. now Any, uh, anyway it's been a while moving yeah, on and she was played by somebody too Moving on to moving on to the show that we're talking yeah, about, yeah, uh, the spinoff, right? So you know what's wild is I like didn't even focus on Mark Cherry, but as we've already said numerous times, he had a more successful career after this. You know, he worked on, you know, he created Desperate Housewives, which was like a, a phenomenon at the time. It was like such a big show that everyone was obsessed with for years. Um, but yeah, as far as the cast, he's, he's had a show on the air ever, ever since that. Exactly. Exactly. Like he's not hurt at all from this show. Like, yes, he made a smarmy, if it was his idea, he made a smarmy comment about losing a show. But after that, he didn't lose many other shows because he really, you know, became a, a huge success story. Um, yeah. So for, as far as the cast goes, um, Rose Jackson um, made a few appearances following her time on the crew, but hasn't doesn't really have any credits after uh, 2000. Interestingly, though, she's married to Michael G. Moy, who is one of the showrunners on Married with Children. So that's probably how she got the gig on Married with Children. Yeah, I just want to say I actually yeah. wrote the note that she was my favorite performer in this show. Yeah. And that I saw that online and I was like kind yeah, of disappointed. I was very disappointed too because I thought she was great. Yeah. I thought she was really, really good. I would good. have liked to see her go on to be to like do a, lot more, a star yeah. of some be- some other better shows. And then shows. I tried to like look her up to see what she's doing now, but it was very difficult because obviously the name Rose Jackson is very, you know, common. So I was like, ah, oh well, whatever. Maybe I'll do a deep dive on that later. Uh, Kristen Bauer, um, you know, she has worked steadily since. She guest starred, soon after this, she guest starred on uh, Seinfeld in a memorable uh, role as Manhands, uh, Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) So that was like one of Jerry's many girlfriends um, that he- She's she's great. She's she's always very- Yeah. Yeah. She's she's like was a guest star on a lot of popular sitcoms, like 90s sitcoms, including Dharma and Greg. Uh, just shoot me, and as well as um, like dramas like Chicago Hope, Jag, Desperate Housewives, where she reunited with Mark Cherry, um, Adam ruins everything, and then she was in plenty of movies as well. As I already mentioned, Romeo and Michelle, First Fifty uh, First Dates, and Nocturnal Animals. Uh, so like tons and tons She's, more credits. She was uh she was a regular a regular on True Blood for the whole right. for the whole run of it. Yeah. So uh, David Burke, um, he appeared and co-starred in many TV shows, including The Tick, Joan of Arcadia, Brothers and Sisters, Chuck, and Nashville. So he you know wasn't hurting. Charles Eston, as well, has many notable credits, including Party of Five, the Brian, uh, the Brian Benben show, The Office, where he played Josh Porter, the douchey boss at the other, oh, yeah. at the Stanford oh, branch. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was driving me nuts when we were watching. I'm like, how do I know this guy? How do I know this guy? And the, it was Josh Porter. And it's so funny because he looks so young in that 
run on The Office. And I was like, this guy has not aged at all because that would have been like 10 years later. 10 years. At least. But, you know. Anyway, uh, Big Love, he was also in, and he was also in Nashville with David Burke and The Outer Limits. Uh, Dondre T. Whitfield has also been in plenty of things, including uh, Between Brothers, Secret Agent Man, Girlfriends, Hidden Hills, Mistresses, and most recently, Queen Sugar. Uh, Lane Davies has been on Lois and Clark, Working, The Practice, General Hospital, Supernatural and the Bay. And at this point, I'm just like listing credits. So sorry, every, everyone out there, if this is sounding a little bit, uh, you know, uninteresting. The point is, as we keep establishing, a lot of these actors are super talented and, you know, they often go on to do more things. Christine Estabrook, she's interesting. So she has been working steadily since her time on the crew. She kind of plays like these sort of battle axe characters. Like mm-hmm. I've seen her play more than one sort of like, you know, antagonistic you know, sort of like she's also sort of ageist I feel, or ageless. I feel like she's been playing the same woman for like 20 years. Um, she's guest starred in The Practice, Dharma and Greg, Allie McBeal, Numbers, Nip Talk. And I remember her most as playing um, Joan Holloway's mom on Mad Men. Yeah. So yeah. she was like, um, they had a very uh, contentious sort of complicated relationship as mother and daughter. And like, clearly that character is responsible for like all of Joan Holloway's toxic uh, <laughs> traits. So yeah, interesting, but very, a, a huge talent as well. And it, it, it's interesting. like you know, how certain people and certain performers sort of get pigeonholed into certain roles, you know? Like, they always play, like, the smarmy, like, um, waspy douche, or they always play the battle axe mother, or they always play the, you know, like, they're always playing a judge, or they're always playing a doctor. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, the typecasting is real, especially in TV. I don't know if it exists as much with, for movies, but it's definitely like a thing with TV. Well, you just write a character and then you go, oh, well, you know, this this person did this before. Might as well yeah. see if we can get them. Oh, we can. OK, great. Yeah. And that's all I got. Woo. Woo-hoo. Right on. Woo. Yeah. Um, do, do either of you have any leftovers? I don't. I sure. No, I sure uh, don't. Let you me can... see. Put those in the overhead compartment. That's for sure. Um. Yeah. No, I don't really have anything extra. I just made little comments in my notes about the like set design, about how aggressively '90s it was. But we <laughs> we covered it. So. Yeah. I I couldn't get. It was hard to get past the titles. Yeah. I was just it was. like these yeah. titles are. Laying I, was it on... I, I was annoyed. I had to see them twice. Yeah. Yeah. So like. <laughs> They're like, I guess it's that MTV generation type of thing. Yeah. But they had that look that's like, is this a skate video or is this a sitcom or like what is happening here? Yeah. And just like uh, too, too hip, too painfully hip. <laughs> All right. Well, this was an episode. Might as well check in on Mr. Producer. Hello, Genuine Class Productions, AT Producer speaking. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. P. Doing your own reception again? Ah, yeah, kid, you know, with the writer strike carrying on as long as it has, uh, oh, we're shutting down the office for a bit, so I let Raleigh have some time off. Oh, well, I hope they're enjoying themselves. Ah, yeah, sure, sure. What about you? How are things in your life? You know, I gotta say, this is... Probably the longest break I've had in, well, a while at least. I mean, you know, there are worse things to be than bored, but I am. There's only so many uh, make-your-own-brine classes you can take before it starts to get a little, uh... Bitter? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what are you covering on the show this week? The crew? Uh, the crew. Uh, remind me. Fox, mid-90s. Flight attendants. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, that one didn't exactly have a perfect uh, takeoff, did it? Ha! <laughs> it certainly didn't. Uh, did you have any insights into the production? 
Uh, a little, you know, I didn't really stop by the show very much, but it was one of Mark Cherry's. It was his first creation, huh? I had lunch with the fellow a few times in those days. You know, a bit of a showrunner crew. <laughs> you know, Mark Cherry had the crew. Chuck Lorre had just hit it big with uh, Grace Under Fire. Matt Bopp had the Frankie Firefighter Funtime Foss. <laughs> and I was working on a treatment called Have It Your Way. A romance centered around the torrid affair between Burger King and Dairy Queen. Quite an interesting project. We'd toss some drinks down, throw some ideas around. Ah, uh, sure. That would have been quite a gathering. I'm sorry, that was the Frankie... Uh, Frankie Firefighter Funtime Foss. It starred none other than the late, great Mick Linsky and Juliana Von Stevens O'Connell. <laughs> I, I don't think I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, it aired late. Oh. Real late. And your Burger King movie? Ah, you know, the studio went in a different direction. Did some work on the existing treatment. You know, basically the same movie. A few changes here and there. It did pretty big numbers when it opened. What did they end up calling it? You've got mail. You know, Meg Hanks, emails, less burger mascots. Well, I don't really have all that much to say about this one. All right, well, uh... I guess we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot. See ya! So, that's the crew. Yeah. Again, 1995, not the 2021 show about NASCAR starring Kevin James. Did that show get canceled? I, I don't think I, any. I don't know. It, it takes a lot to cancel a Kevin James project. <laughs> well, uh... That Was a Show is created and hosted by Bryn Burney, Andrew Barry Helmer, and myself, Aaron Yeager. It's a production of Radio Gizmo in Toronto, Canada. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. Follow us on Instagram and tell your friends about it. That Was a Show? Radio Gizmo.